Hey everybody, welcome to episode 16 of Finding Extraordinary. I think there's there's a vision that that I'm pursuing and you know the the job is is a part of it, but you know it's not it's it's actually not about the job, you know, and I think that that's really why it doesn't end for me, um, you know, at work, you know, to clock in, clock out, you know, I've never, I, you know, I don't clock in that, uh, you know, the, what I do at work is an extension of the way um, that I view the, this vision and this thing that I'm pursuing. And I think, you know, there, there's a larger, um, there's an, a larger idea larger idea at stake that, that I'm sort of trying to create. And there's different um, paintbrushes, if you will, that I use to kind of try to paint this picture. Um, and, you know, eye surgery is, is just one of them. But, uh, you know, I think the, the, the job allows me um, to, to make a contribution. My next guest is someone who has an unbelievable mindset and is incredibly resilient when it comes to achieving his goals. His parents are immigrants from Serbia, and when they came over to the States, they instilled within him a work ethic and taught him how important it is to work hard and to chase his dream. Now, this isn't someone who is exactly in the limelight, but I can confirm after many conversations with him that this is someone who you absolutely need to know and someone you need to hear from. My next guest is Dr. Alex Knezevic. Now, he hasn't even cracked his mid-30s, and he's already running his own private practice. And in this podcast, we get into the nitty-gritty of how he thinks and how he is pursuing his life and much, much more. All right, everybody, let's get it started. The truth is, no one is born extraordinary, but everyone extraordinary inside of them. It just has to be found. Welcome back to Finding Extraordinary. I am your host, Seth Markson. Each and every episode will deliver an exciting guest or message that will expand your mind and provide insight that will help unlock the secrets to finding your extraordinary. Thank you for spending some time with me. Let's get it started. Alex, a.k.a. Dr. K. What is going on, man? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning, Seth. Thank you for having me. This is, uh, this is lovely. I'm uh, happy to be here. Happy to be here. Spend some time together. Happy to have you here. Um, we were connected through our good friend, Dr. Al. Sometimes is like, he likes to be referred to as Alan. But, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> we hear that and we, we have no idea who that is. I, I don't know who that guy is. I don't know who Alan is. Dr. Al, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dr. Al. Hey, we, so we were literally just at, uh, at Starbucks. Um, you know, we're like stopping by to pick up, uh, pick up a little hot chocolate. I do coffee in the morning. Al's always doing hot chocolate. And, and we're walking by and, uh, you know, the, one of the guys that's working at Starbucks, he's just like, Dr. Al, the legend, he's here. <laughs> uh, I'm like, everywhere I go, man, everywhere I go, people stop and stare. It's, uh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. I've seen so many signs. I've seen, you know, ads on TV. The, the guy is amazing. Yeah. The guy is amazing. I'll have to have him on the show sometime. Yeah. You know? I don't even know what we're doing here. Yeah, I, yeah <laughs> right? Like, let's, you know, maybe we can call him, see if he can get yeah. I'll, I'll see. It. I'll see if I can fit us into his busy schedule. Yeah, of course, yeah, of course. I'll work something out. Hey, well, uh, I want to thank you for uh, taking time today to come on the show. Um, I, I know in our talks previously, um, 
you are an extraordinary guy and you know the way you think your mindset your your attitude towards what you do i think is absolutely amazing and i kind of want to share that with uh our, our listeners so you know why don't you kind of describe who you are what you do um, yeah, so I, uh, so just a little backstory, you know, I mean, I've, I've kind of been all over the place. Um, so I've moved a lot. I've worked a lot of places, um, now have, uh, kind of settled into Southern California called Los Angeles home, um, ended up going through medical training. I was in, uh, Toronto, Nebraska, Boston, Chicago, and, uh, Newport, um, just finished up my fellowship down at UC Irvine. And, uh, and now I'm in private practice in LA. I do, uh, corneal transplants, refractive surgery. Um, kind of anterior segment cataract surgery is uh, is sort of my my gig, um, but you know I, I think there, there's a lot of things that I'm passionate about, a lot of things that I want to be able to to have involved in my life, and you know I think doctors can sometimes get uh, a little pigeonholed into you know the job without necessarily getting involved in in other ventures and other ways that you can contribute other ways that you can connect with people because uh, ultimately you you end up with a, a little bit of a skill set and in, in this this training and this um, this way of looking at things and and I think they while it is applicable to medicine there's a lot of other ways that you can use uh, use that training and use that thought process to kind of make a contri- contribution to people and throughout throughout your training throughout your studying at what point was it for you where you said you know what hey i i love the training i love what i'm doing and you know i I can't i can't change medicine necessarily because like we spoke before you know in medical school it's it's very regimented Mm -hmm. but at what point was it for you where you're like you know what i i may be able to do i may be able to do my own thing with it or you know change it up to be a little more stylistic for me? I mean, to be honest, it, uh, it might have been in quarantine. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, and I think, you know, quarantine has been, it's been a difficult thing for a lot of people. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, everybody's gotten a little bit more time to themselves um, and a little bit more time to think about things and, you know, what's important and what, um, you know, what's your vision? What, what do you want to do with yourself? Uh, and, you know, when you're, when you're busy and you're doing all these things and you're all over the place, um, you know, it's easy to kind of keep rolling with that. And, you know, and in some senses, I think, uh, at least for me, um, you know, the, the quarantine time was uh, a little bit of a blessing to have some time to sit and really think about, you know, what, um, what do I want to do? Um, and, uh, and then actually having some time to do it because ultimately, you know, it's both a combination of having, you know, that vision and what, what do you want to create with your life, but also having the time to do it. And I would, I would say yes, 100% quarantine did allow us to uh to have that time but it also allowed us to have that time to think like oh man i can't do anything oh man yeah. i'm stuck here oh man like i want to be doing so many other things and this mm-hmm. is why i love the podcast because i like to have people on who think like you where hey this is actually giving me an opportunity mm-hmm. so i want to kind of dive into that where where did where did you develop that mindset to be like hey um something you know, something terrible in the world happens and Mm -hmm. we have this pandemic, but I can make this work to my advantage. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's a good question. I guess I, I, I don't really, I guess I've always kind of been that way. Um, you know, I'm not, 
you know, I, I think some of it probably stems from, uh, you know, immigrant background. You know, my, uh, my, my folks are originally from Belgrade. They, uh, they left Yugoslavia right before the war. Uh, and uh, so I was born in Toronto, spent, uh, you know, 10 years in Canada before I came to the States. Um, but, you know, I think in, in, some, in some ways, a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of immigrants have sort of that, that mentality that you kind of have to figure it out. You know, there, there's no there's no great rule book for, you know, pack up, leave your country, leave your culture, leave your people and start something new. Um, and I think that there, there are certain attributes that make it possible for you to be able to survive in this new this new environment. Um, and, you know, I think that some of those attributes, you know, I think come out. It's not necessarily that you have to be an immigrant to have some of those attributes, but I think that it does bring some of those things out. Um, so it probably, yeah, I think, uh, you know, family influence, uh, particularly, you know, my parents, uh, you know, they went through a lot. Um, so I, in, in some senses, I also remember just through, you know, college, med school, um, this idea of knowing, you know, what sort of things they did in order to give me an opportunity um, and not wanting to squander that, you know, wanting them to feel like, you know, hey, we, we left this country, we wanted to give our family a better opportunity. Um, and we decided to start a family here and our kids um, took that and they ran with it. And, uh, and they were able to create something with it. Man, that's pretty cool. It's like having this like deep appreciation for uh, something previously uh, that your parents went through. That like the struggle, the struggle mm -hmm. to actually like provide an opportunity. Not a lot of not a lot of kids really have that, yeah. you know, and and to no fault of their own. Yeah, for sure. But that's such a, a unique experience that you have, and you know that you can pass on to to everyone that you meet. I think that's super cool. Um, I heard something the other day that that. I just want to share it with you. Please. Um, I think we can be diagnosed as this. All right. Pathologically optimistic. Like literally a pandemic happens. Mm -hmm. Shit hits the fan. Absolutely. But like, hey, we're cool. We're all right. We're going to find a way to make this to, to find an advantage in this for us. Well, I think some of the some of the strength, though, is is in the community, you know, because I think, um, you know, if there if there's anything that I, I've learned, you know, since we've met and since we've gotten a chance to spend uh, spend some time together is, you know, I think there, there's strength in numbers and there's strength in, in your community. So, you know, you get people together um, that support each other. You know, we all have good days. We have bad days. Um, but having having that bond and having that community around you, I think, is is what really makes uh, anything possible. Right. You know, you have the right people around you, you have the right um, influences. You can do anything you want um, and I think you know particularly in times like this for for people that I've seen that that have really dug in to to their community and their support system and their network um, and, and even expanded that network uh, during a difficult time I, I think is is ends up making the best of, uh, of a difficult situation oh yeah 100% I mean if if there's one thing that I preach to people it's use your network build your network mm -hmm. you know don't be afraid to use people around you as as a resource to you because in the end, people like helping people. They do. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, uh, you're going to hear no, you know, to some questions that you ask, but it's like an innate, it's in, it's in human nature. Like people really help people and they like it, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, so, so kudos to you for, for recognizing that and just great point. Um, I kind of want to talk about the communities you've been around cause you've been around some pretty extraordinary, uh, you know, people and, and you're in some like pretty cool circles. Uh, what your, they, your residency, they would, they would, they would like to think so. Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> well, I, you, you told me a cool story about, uh, getting residency 
at Northwestern. Mm -hmm. Can you share that, you know, with the audience on the podcast? Yeah, of course. Um, so, you know, there, um, so when I started uh, medical school, uh, I, I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to go into, um, and uh, and I remember, you know, I had a mentor that uh, that trained at uh, trained at Northwestern, and you know, beginning of my. Um, uh, medical school training, she had sat me down and she's like, you know, I don't know what you're going to go into, but you're going to do it at Northwestern. Um, and at the time, I didn't even know, you know, I was living in Nebraska. I didn't even know where Northwestern was. Um, and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, that sounds nice. Um, and uh, in, in, in time, it started to kind of morph into this vision that like, you know, that's just where I'm supposed to be. And I don't even know why, but it, it felt like that was what I was supposed to be doing. Um, and, uh, and basically started building and working towards that goal that I worked at for years um, and, and honestly wanted more than anything I've ever wanted since or, you know, before or since um, that, that was, there was nothing that I wanted more than that. Um, and, and I put everything that I had into, into studying, into preparing, into making sure that, you know, I had sort of the application put together to, to have this thing be possible. Um, and it almost became an idea bigger than itself, you know, it, it became like an idea that was bigger than than just going to Northwestern. It almost, it, in some sense, is almost like kind of California, you know, like the the final frontier, like uh, you know, because ultimately, you you know, people that come here, you know, they don't come for for the land, even though the land is nice and you know the scenery is nice and the weather's good. Um, but I, I think what a lot of people get drawn for is that the, there's the vision that you know there's something here for you. There, there's uh, you know it's the final frontier. This is somewhere where you go, um, and that for me was what uh, what Northwest was initially uh, and uh, I, had, I was fortunate enough to go and spend a um, spend a month there uh, and I still remember you know talking to the the program director that I uh, you know still am, am very fond of um, that uh, he asked me you know at the end of the month you know do you have any questions for me and I was just like you know can I come here um, and and he's like well you know you we'll, we'll interview you and we'll see how things go and I'm like okay but you know this is this is what I want um, and uh, and ended up working out you know I mean I, I still remember when um, when he you know he called I got this uh, uh, yeah, I mean, phone call from a Chicago phone number, you know, so the, the way, res I, don't, I can't remember if we, we've talked much about residency match. So, um, you know, medical training, you know, when you apply to a residency, it's all, it's almost kind of, I think like sorority rush in, in college kind of runs similarly where, you know, there's this, this matching system where you end up, um, you know, a bunch of applicants interview at a bunch of schools and the schools interview a bunch of applicants. And then um, they all punch these things into this computer program and it kind of spits out trying to give uh, the most people um, happiness, you know, mm -hmm. so there's these two rank lists. Um, and, uh, and so ultimately you don't really know where you're going until this computer spits out, you know, where you're going to go. So they kind of match, um, where, how things are going to work out for you. Um, and I remember, you know, getting this phone number from a uh, Chicago phone number, um, and, uh, you know, it said Chicago, Illinois on the phone. Um, and I answer and it's, you know, Hey, uh, it's Dr. Pietetsky is the, uh, um, Dimitri, Dimitri Pietetsky is the program director at Northwestern then and still, um, and, uh, and he's like, Alex, you know, I'd like to let you know that, you know, we're, you're, you're coming to Northwestern for, for residency. Um, and, uh, and, and it was incredible, you know, I mean, I still remember it, you know, it was like one of the most, um, pivotal moments of my life where, you know, I, I got this thing that I wanted so bad. Um, and, and I feel like it, it totally, it was, it was a, kind of like a shift for me in how I viewed what was possible. Um, and, and in some senses, it almost represented, you know, this larger idea that, you know, if you if you want something and you work at it, 
and you can have it you know you you can you can actually create this this thing this idea out of nothing um and uh and and i feel like ever since that happened it's been a total paradigm shift for me in the way that i just viewed life and what was possible mm -hmm. and what you were able to create now go in go in go deeper into what it really took to get to northwestern because you 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 told me before like you 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 foot the bill or uh, you you paid the whole bill to go out there and, and just you know intern um, mm -hmm. you, you put yourself in front of all these different people to really make it happen and this isn't something they asked you to do this wasn't mm -hmm. required no. so kind of like go into what you did and then why you thought that like you needed to do that well so you know I mean medical um, yeah medical training is uh, you know it's funny it's it, it's funny the um, so ophthalmology as a field is uh, is tough to get into. You know, there so the the um, you know the country pumps out 450 ophthalmologists every year. Um, so like graduating residents for a country of 300 million people, right? So mm -hmm. so there's just there's not all that many people that that go through the training program. So there's kind of this bottleneck uh, of individuals that that are interested in the field and they want to give it a shot. So it ends up being um, you know there's a handful of these fields, ophthalmology being one of them that that is a, a little bit challenging to get into. So, you know, the from the program standpoint, you know, they're in, in, a, in a nice position because they have all these people that are vying for them. You know, it's uh, there. So they, they kind of get to look at all these suitors. You know, they're kind of like the pretty girl that gets to decide, you know, who, who they have all these people that are interested and they get to decide which one they like. Um, so the uh, so, yeah, basically ended up. Um, applying for this, this rotation at Northwestern and spending a month there and coming out of Nebraska, um, you know, it, it's not, you know, it's, it's great school, but, you know, going into ophthalmology at the time, you know, it wasn't a super well-known program. You know, mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of these, these super famous eye hospitals around the country that, you know, medical students that come out of some of these eye hospitals, you know, they're, they're in a competitive, they're in a competitive advantage, right. Mm -hmm. In this, um, in this kind of this suiting, this dating game. Um, and, you know, they, so coming out of Nebraska, not being in that position, um, you know, I thought that the only way that I would be able to kind of really make myself stand out was if I showed up. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it, it's still kind of cheesy, but some of that, that success thing, you know, 90% or whatever is just showing up. You know, I, I think that people, when they, when they see what you're willing to do and that you'll, that you'll come, that you'll, that you'll actually show up, um, you know, I think people will, they'll, they'll go to bat for you. Um, I actually just had that, you know, yesterday at one of the hospitals that I'm working at, I'm starting to get, uh, some corneal transplant stuff, um, sorted, uh, and, uh, and I just showed up. So I came to the OR and, uh, you know, I was there with one of one of the lead uh, technicians, Renee, um, and he's showing me around all this stuff. And I can tell that, like, you know, he, he was excited that I was there, you know, that, that, that I showed up and I was there and, you know, we were going to go through this stuff together. We were going to find what we needed. What do we not do? And we're, we'll build a team and we'll have this bond and we'll create this together. Um, and, you know, I think people um, that, that are willing to do that, you know, you'll find that there, there's all sorts of people that want to help you out with it. Um, and, uh, and the, you know, the Northwestern experience was very much that, that, you know, I think I came in and was able to, to build a bond with, with a lot of these, um, you know, the chairman, the program director, and a lot of the faculty there. Um, and I think they were able to see that, you know, I was, uh, I wanted to contribute to their vision. 
right? Mm-hmm. It was it was their vision that I wanted to contribute to, um, and uh, and and I still actually remember even um, the um, the chairman telling me one day that you know when when he looks at people that are coming in, and I think this is you know something um, you know worth knowing really probably for anybody who's who's applying to a residency or a fellowship or or, or a job or kind of whatever. Um, you know, I remember him telling me that uh, you know when I came, um, at, at the end of the day, you end up with a lot of people that, that are, um, that are qualified, right? A lot of people that are qualified that could do the job. Um, but at the end of the day, what he ends up looking for are people that really want to be there. Um, and that, that, that's something that's important to them that they, they really want to be there because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it does in some senses end up being a job, you know, there's, there, there's ups, there's downs and, you know, we cover call and I'm in the ER at three o'clock in the morning. And if you ask me, you know, do you love being in the ER at three o'clock in the morning? I'm like, not exactly. You know, that's, uh, I don't know if that, that's the dream, but, um, but, you know, I, I still remember him telling me that, you know, you'll find that people that, that got what they wanted, that really wanted to be there, um, you know, even when that three o'clock in the morning comes, they approach it a little differently than somebody who just kind of ended up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in, I, I think in, in that sense, um, being coy, uh, I was not very coy at all. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I think I, you know, I was very open that, that this was something that was important to me and, you know, I was going to put everything I had into it. Um, and, uh, and it ended up working out incredibly. You know, I mean, they, they changed my life without a doubt. That's awesome. And Northwestern is an extremely prestigious medical uh, school and, you know, just a, a place to do your residency. That's absolutely incredible in in, in itself. Yeah, it's I, I'm very fortunate. I'm very fortunate. And I, I mean, you make such a good point because it's hard to stop anyone who knows where they want to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes people say, you know, you know, I don't know exactly what I want to do. Even, even like, like you said, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I don't know exactly what I want to do, but you had that vision. You had that, that path, mm-hmm. you know, where you wanted to go on that path. I want to be here at Northwestern and that can translate for anybody. Like pick what it is, wh- whatever it is you want to do, wherever you want to go and just go put 100% effort into it because you are a living example of how that can work out for you. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's incredible. Well, and, and sometimes you don't, um, you know, you don't even, you don't know what you want. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so then, you know, if you, if you take that a step back and think about, you know, what, what if I don't know what I want? Um, you know, I, I think sometimes, you just have to pick, you know, you know, mm-hmm. you, you end up, you, you, you use the information that you have and you try to make an educated decision. And that's, you know, what we do a lot of in, in medicine, you know, you, you have to make the call. Um, and, and I think, you know, sometimes, uh, that, that initial step can be a, st- a scary one because it's a little bit of a, a leap of faith. And I, I you know, I, I know that, what's that saying that, uh, you know, it's better to be right or, uh, it's better to be sure than right. Um, and I don't know if that's, uh, that, that's something that you want to hear from your doctor as a, you know, as a general <laughs> life philosophy, but, but in some senses, I, I think that sometimes that's important. You know, you, you just have to decide, um, and, and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just because it's on my mind, I, I want to ask you what, when was like the first time you were in medical school and they challenged you and, and your peers be like, okay, this is a situation. You can do this. You can do this. They're both technically right, but you know, we were testing to see, to make sure that you're sure not just right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think there's, um, you know, there, there's a lot of kind of 
things they try in, in, in med school. You know, we, we kind of have these, these learning groups. We have, uh, you know, there's, there, there's actual tests where you sit down and you, you know, you take the, the little bubble sheet test and you kind of fill this stuff out. Um, there, there's tests where, you know, you have to kind of demonstrate stuff. They kind of these like clinical exams where, you know, there they end up um, giving you a, uh, you know, a, th a thing that you need to do. Um, and then there's some of these like kind of problem-based learning where it's sort of like a team-based, you know, there's, there's some doctor that's been doing this for a while um, who sits down with all the med students and you guys kind of work through this problem together. Um, and, and at the end of the day, we all kind of get, um, there's different grading systems that go through all this stuff. Um, but, you know, the, I, what I would actually tell you is in, in med school, there is usually a right answer. In, in life, there, there isn't. Um, and, and in the actual job, there isn't as much of a right answer um, as, as there is in med school. You know, when they, when they do the training, they, they really kind of want you um, there to, to walk down this particular path. And there's this old joke um, that, uh, you know, half of what you, you know, when you finish up with medical training, um, that half of what they teach you in med school is truth and half is a lie, but no one tells you which half is which. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they, uh, and, and in some sense, I, I think that that does kind of end up being the case because you'll find that, you know, when I, I have some of my patients that you know, I, you know, there, there are things that I think are right. And, you know, I followed sort of experiences and things that I've been taught. Um, but sometimes the answer is not A, B, C, or D. Um, and then what do you do? You know, right. And, and how do you, how do you end up navigating that? It, it's almost a whole new, a whole new growth, um, that, that ends up happening for, for physicians as you transition from the kind of the medical training aspect, which is sort of a way to teach you how to take stuff in and put stuff out, um, to, you know, real critical thinking where there isn't always a right answer. Right. And I, I think a lot of that you end up sort of developing on your own. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree with you. It's like, it's like kind of finding your own path. Right. Yep. You know, um, which is kind of what you've done, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. The, I mean, life takes you to so many different places. I shouldn't say it takes you. I, life has taken me to so yeah, many different I mean, it's places. Taken me too. It's taken us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 100%. Um, and there, there are things in, in entertainment that I've been able, that, that I've been fortunate to do that I thought like are it's crazy that I'm here. I, I've thought about that. I've been on a movie set. I've been, you know, uh, I, I've, I've been like the actor in the movie and mm -hmm. it is crazy to think that like that has happened in my life. Yep. Um, and through all that I have tried and, 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 you know, every, everyone that I've met that led to building this podcast, which is something that just takes, so much of my passion and you know blows it up mm -hmm. which is what I love and I've always always been looking for that yeah. always been looking that for that in everything that I've done whether it's you know a, a corporate job whether it's something um, in the arts but when I found this it was like okay I'm having these intellectual conversations with people who are of the same mindset mm -hmm. And have done absolutely extraordinary things. This gives me the platform to really be able to have those thoughtful conversations with people who are leaders in their communities, leaders in their countries, mm -hmm. you know, leaders in their businesses, leaders in everything that they're doing. And it's just opened up. It's opened up my mind. It's it's given me so much uh, so much appreciation for for 
being able to just start something, start starting simple and, and doing it, you know, saying like, Hey, I'm going to start this. I, I hope this works out. Um, and it has done that tenfold for me. Well, and honestly, I mean, what, what I love about it and what, you know, what I was, why I was um, excited to come join you on this is because this is really you, you know, it's, um, uh, you know, we, wh- whether there's the microphone on or the camera on, um, this is actually you, uh, you know, we, because we've had these same conversations, just no mic, just, uh, you know, hanging out. Um, yeah. And, uh, and it's a very, it's, it's the same talks about the same stuff, the same vibe. Um, and uh, I, I think that that's, what's really extraordinary, um, you know, to be able to, to take something that that's very personal, you know, it's very individualistic to, to you and, and your vision and kind of how you want to do things. Um, and then be able to turn it into a platform that you can share with other people. Um, and I think, you know, you're, you're an inspiring guy. I think there's, you know, you, you, you have your own vision about how things should be, um, things should be done. And I think you're pretty, um, introspective in that sense and you're growing. And, and I think there, that's something that a lot of people, if not everybody, um, you know, would benefit from, from having some of that experience. Um, and that, you know, that's what I feel like, you know, so fortunate that, uh, that some guy decided to introduce us to each other. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't know who that guy is. Yeah, you know. so so definitely bad. not definitely not alan yeah, yeah, yeah definitely no. <laughs> not do, definitely not dr al yeah um you, you thank you by the way um and you you bring up you bring up a good point it, we were slightly talking about this earlier when we were like you know everyone has titles mm-hmm. everyone has not everyone has a job but you know people have jobs and then that becomes their identification mm-hmm. and oftentimes in your profession or as in your title, you're not able to speak about the things that really do excite you or, or, or really things that you are really passionate about on, on the day to day. But what this podcast was for me was, you know, I, I'm able to talk about how people have found extraordinary in themselves and in a sales job or in the arts, you're not always able to, to just talk about those things freely. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I, I don't know what I could say for, for others, except for the fact that if you're looking for something to, whatever your passion is, whatever the things are that you want to talk about, you know, start simple, just start talking about it, throw on the camera and you'll realize that there are so many other people that can relate to you. Mm-hmm. You just haven't found them yet, but yep. you need to put yourself out there and, and, and be that resource for them as mm-hmm. well. And then you can DM Seth and he'll talk to you about it. 100%. Yeah. And yeah. I know you would. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but no, I, I, I mean, I'm totally with you. I, you know, I think the, you know, you find um, that, you know, we, we all live in a little bit of a bubble, right? And we have like our own little bubble and our own little sphere. Um, and, and it's, it's sort of, it's this little, um, you know, a, a subset of the real world. And mm-hmm. we all live, you know, we've got our circle of friends, we've got our places we go and we get coffee and we, we do all these things. We go to work, we work out. Um, and, you know, the world is actually much, much bigger than that bubble. Um, and, and I think as, you know, if, 
sometimes you can feel a little stuck. And I think that that's kind of what you were alluding to with some of this COVID stuff, right? You know, people yeah. are less mobile, right? They're, you're a little bit more stuck in, the, in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you find ways that to, to start, um, you know, taking a step out of that bubble, right? You yeah. start to find there's just so many incredible people doing incredible things um, that uh, extraordinary, yeah, yeah. that uh, the extraordinary people doing extraordinary things. Um, but you just, they're, they're not going to break down your living room door, except for this time. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I'm talking about Dr. Al. Yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> that, uh, the, uh, but you know, you, you have to, you have, you have to put yourself out there to, to really make some of those things possible. Cause you know, hanging out in, you know, in your living room, watching Netflix, there's only so many opportunities that are going to, that are going to come through the door for you. So, you know, you really kind of, uh, you do things that make yourself uncomfortable sometimes and, and, and make yourself available for things. Um, you know, there, there's a lot, um, a lot that can come your way. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I want to kind of touch on that for a second because that's something that you're doing right now. Every physician, every doctor doesn't need to be on a podcast or create more of a social presence, but that's something that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and why are you doing it? Um, well, you know, there's a, there's a few reasons. There's a few reasons. One, um, you know, initially medicine is a little bit... Um, uh, it, it's a little bit boxy, you know, you kind of, you operate within, um, this box because, and you have, you know, a skill set that, that people come to you for, uh, and, you know, when people come to me to do their surgery, you know, the, it's like a very, it's, it's sort of a clear goal. And, uh, you know, with a lot of my patients, you, you develop a relationship along the way mm-hmm. and, and you're able to kind of make a contribution to, to these people's lives. And, and I think that, you know, in some senses, I, as a, as a st- you know, standard clinical physician, there, there is a limitation to how many people you're able to impact, how many people you're able to influence, how many people you're able to, to provide good for, um, because you have one patient interaction at a time. Um, and, and I think, you know, if you move to another sphere where you don't have that ceiling, Right. And, you know, perhaps something the, the way that you do things, the way that you think about things could be um, beneficial for, uh, you know, your community, the greater population, people around you, your family, your friends. Um, you know, your it starts to expound what your reach is. You know, you mm-hmm. can um, you can scale. Right. You know, you can scale um, what you're doing because you're no longer confined to that individual patient interaction. And I think, you know, a lot of people that I know and, you know, friends that I have that that are in medicine that don't follow as much of the clinical route. You know, I know that 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 has been their motivation, Um, you know, whether it's, um, you know, through, you know, development of some new device, through development of some new medication, through, uh, you know, consulting, um, you know, some of these other avenues that that physicians um, you know, try to make their contribution that isn't necessarily direct patient care, uh, you know, you're able, it, it opens up the door to how many people you, you can impact, you know, you make mm-hmm. some new device that now ends up being used by millions of patients, you know, those are people that you are able to, to make a positive impact in their life um, on a, in a way that, you know, you, there's just not enough hours in the day for you to do on an individual basis. Um, so, you know, part of, 
you know, my, my desire has been to be able to, to have some expression outside of just the day job. Um, and, you know, I, I think I, I've been a lot of places, I've met a lot of people, um, and I've been fortunate to have a lot of those influences um, on me. Uh, and, and I feel like I've gotten a lot of benefit from, from these people that I've met. Um, and, you know, my hope would be that, that as a result of that, that I've changed. Um, and that's, that's influenced my thinking and what, I'm able to sort of provide to, to, to people, to, to the community, to the population. Um, and, you know, my hope would be that, that I'm able to give some of that back um, and to share some of those things so that hopefully, you know, there, there's some med student um, that wants to go to Northwestern Ophthalmology. Um, and I know them, so you could, you could give me a call if, uh, <laughs> if, if that's something that you're interested in. Um, but the, whatever your Northwestern is, you know, wh- mm-hmm. whatever your Northwestern is, that, that hopefully there, there could be some, some ideas and some vision to help you, you achieve what it is that you want to do. That's like poetic. (laughs) (laughs) I love Uh, that. Um, no, well, it's, uh, you know, it's something that, um, that means a lot to me, you know, Mm -hmm. and something that means a lot to me. So I, I think if, you know, because, you know, you find that people, um, invest a lot in, um, in you. And I think particularly in medicine, um, you know, what I, sort of, uh, you know, feel really passionate about it at this point is that, you know, you find that that medical training um, is is a major societal investment in you. You know, you're when, when you're doing those 15 hour days in the, in the hospital and you're, you know, you're studying, um, you're learning how to do all these things, you know, you're not really making a contribution, right? You know, you're taking in all this stuff um, and you have mentors that are trying to teach you things, you have patients that are trying to teach you things, um, you know, you're in the library trying to get all this knowledge and along the way you're not making a, a lot of a contribution and and when you get done you're on the other side of it you know you've finished 10 years worth of training you know you're i think that's that's where it's now your time that you know people have invested in you um and now it's your turn to invest in them and and you you've learn you learn a lot of things along the way whether it's a skill set or whether it, it's a way uh, of problem solving or thinking about things and, and being able to really make now your contribution to the community because the community invested in you um, mm-hmm. and now it's your turn. Um, and, and I feel like that that's kind of where, where I am these days where, you know, really all I think about is how, how can I provide value? You know, how can I provide value to, to my friends? How can I provide value to my, to my family? How can I provide value to the people that, that have invested so much in me? Um, and, and in some of that, um, in, including, you know, the community and the larger population because, you know, people invest in you and um and and now i'm trying to get back i i think what i love the most about all of that is that you you are giving back you're seeing patients daily and you're, and you're changing their lives but you also want more and that's something that i i should acknowledge about you because not you meet a a lot of people in their profession and it's like, this is my job. This is what I do. And that's, you know, Mm -hmm. that's it. I like making my money and living my life, whatever that life, whatever that life is. But with you in particular, you, you want more than that. You want to be able to provide more than what you're already providing. You want to be able to do more and and be that sounding board for a lot of people and in a lot of different facets. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's something special that, that I think, uh, is just 
it goes back to what I was saying about the podcast. If, if I didn't build the podcast to talk about finding extraordinary within people, I don't know that I'm, that I'm able to find you and, and have a really great thoughtful conversation with someone that is trying to be their absolute best and do so many great things that, um, do so many great things that, that you're not only doing in your job, but like you get to do outside of your job. You're pursuing outside mm-hmm. of your job. Doing what you're, what you're doing as a doctor is pretty, pretty difficult. You know, um, not everyone gets to be able to do that or has, you know, that, that education. Mm-hmm. But to still be pursuing something after that, what's driving you? Well, I, you know, I think it's... Um First of all, thank you. You keep on telling me all these nice things, and uh, you're you're very pretty cool, man. You're very you're pretty you're cool. Very, very kind to me, Seth. <laughs> um, I um, no, I you know, I, I think there's there's a vision that that I'm pursuing, and you know, the the job is is a part of it, but you know, it's not it's it's actually not about the job, you know, and I think that that's really why it doesn't end for me, um, you know, at work, you know, to clock in, clock out, you know, I've never, I, you know, I don't clock in that, uh, you know, th- th- what I do at work is an extension of the way um, that I view th- this vision and this thing that I'm pursuing. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a larger, um, there's an a larger idea, there's a larger idea at stake that, that I'm sort of trying to create. And there's different um, paintbrushes, if you will, that I use to kind of try to paint this picture. Um, and, you know, eye surgery is, is just one of them. But, uh, you know, I think the, the, the job allows me um, to, to make a contribution, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think in, in a way that, you know, I think is, is extremely satisfying um, to see, you know, somebody who was blind who can now see. Um, and you know, the, being able to see that experience for them and, you know, not only just for, you know, that patient, that individual who, who is now able to view their life differently, um, and, and what, you know, how, how their life looks, but also, you know, their family members, right there, because, you know, we're all, we're all interconnected. So, so when you, you change the situation for one person, you know, I, I see, you know, I, I've had a lot of my patients, they come in, you know, with their families and, you know, to see the entire, you know, experience for them as a unit being different because now, you know, grandma is able to see grandma has her, um, her autonomy back. Um, and she has some of this quality of life. So now her, her kids or her grandkids have some of their autonomy back because they don't have to take care of her. She's able to, to pursue some of the things that she wants to do. Um, so, you know, and, and then, you know, you expound that into uh, the larger community. It, it's just, it's such a beautiful gift to be a part of, um, you know, because that's really all I view myself as is, you know, just kind of a part of um, this vision, you know, sort of no pun intended, um, yeah. the, uh, uh, of, of, <laughs> uh, of the, this, this larger thing that you're able to, to make your contribution. And, yeah. uh, you know, I still remember when I was, um, you know, probably second year med school, uh, that I had a friend that was telling me about this, um, this lunch lecture, uh, and, um, 
she uh, she was like, hey, you know, th- th- there's this guy that seems like a pretty cool dude, you know, giving a, a talk. He was uh, he was in Nepal doing doing some eye surgeries. You know, why don't why don't you come and listen to this lunch lecture? Um, and I'm like, all right, you know, I mean, that sounds like I used to travel a lot, kind of grown up, um, and uh, so I was like, oh, like I'd never been to Nepal. That sounds like fun. Um, so I sat and I and I listened to to this talk. Um, uh, so Mike Fieldmeyer, uh, who who was a mentor of mine, um, and uh, and he gave he basically showed this video of um, him, you know, going to Nepal um, and and being in this like rural village and doing like you know a hundred cataract surgeries in like two days, and then this video afterwards of all you know these people taking these patches off their eyes and everyone's crying, everyone's hugging, and and he you know and he's able to kind of like take this picture with his whole community who's who he just was single handedly able to change, um, and and you know and he doesn't get paid for this stuff, you know, like he you know he he flies to Nepal um, and and does this work and, and and I remember watching that and being like wow like that that's incredible you know that's extraordinary you know that this is a guy who who is really changing the world you know in 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 a, in the realist sense you know he's really changing the world mm-hmm. and I think that that is the shift of you know, that's not, that's not a job to him. You know, he doesn't clock in, clock out. He doesn't do it for the money. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I imagine he's doing fine, but you know, he, he does it because of this larger vision of what he views as his role in the world and what he's able to make his contribution. Um, and, uh, and, and, and Mike actually, he set up a rotation for me. So I spent a month at that eye hospital, Tilganga in, uh, in Nepal in Kathmandu. Wow. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Through this, uh, so it's this project, um, called the Himalayan cataract project. Um, there's a, a, a incredible guy, um, Jeff Tabin, who's uh, who's at Stanford now, ophthalmologist, who uh, started this this pro- um, uh, this program through with a, uh, a Nepalese ophthalmologist, um, and uh, they you know they have literally changed the world. I mean, it's uh, and and I remember you know as a med student watching you know where what do I want to be a part of you know because because I think ultimately that's that if there's one thing that I think that I've I've done well um, in my life it's been you know finding people that I thought were doing what I wanted to do um, and and just following them and just try just try to learn from them try to learn you know how do they do it how how do they think about things you know how do they structure stuff in order in able in order to be able to build some of these things and and being able to watch um what these guys were creating um and like i mean i was just mesmerized i was like this is this is just like some of the most amazing work um i've ever seen uh and and to be able to to spend some time with them and to learn um you know uh, about this um, this vision uh, I think has helped me realize you know my own vision and what I what I wanted to create. That's that's incredible. Was was that the moment in time after going to that lecture? Was that when you decided like, hey, that's I want to I want to be in ophthalmology? Yeah, I was like, this is it. This is uh, the, this is, this is my jam. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and in some senses, right. You know, I, I, I was like a second year med student at the time. I mean, I don't really know what the job was in Nebraska, in Nebraska. Nebraska. Um, and I didn't really know what the job was. Um, but I guess I just kind of decided that, you know, I really respected 
what these people were doing and and what they um what they were able to do and what the the impact they were able to have and i think that you know we all kind of strive for uh being able to make an impact right you know mm-hmm. to feel like you're that you matter that you you're making um you know a real contribution that you know if because i think that that's ultimately what ends up driving all of us you know that that it matters whether you get out of bed in the morning today and that you're able to 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 be a part of something that's bigger than you um and i think particularly people that that have have been able to find that and i think the people find it in all sorts of ways um uh you know whether it's uh, you know work or personal life or family life or these responsibilities and things that, that, that you're passionate about i think having having kind of that north star of the, this vision that this is what i'm about it really helps align a lot of things and you know it it pulls you out of some of the day-to-day irritations and you know oh i'm stuck in la traffic and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and, uh and, and i'm able to you know it's not that big of a deal that i'm stuck in la traffic because I'm, I'm pursuing this thing that i believe in yeah and that all came from just saying yes to something that you didn't really even know about mm-hmm. you know uh i'm kind of interested yeah. you now why don't i why don't why don't i go check it out mm-hmm. That is the point. You as the listener, you need to oh, just take that in and, and let it like, you know, soak into your body. Just say yes. Go to whatever it is your friend's inviting you to or, or you know, listen to that seminar. Go Just whatever that opportunity is that you don't even think is an opportunity. It could change your life. It obviously changed yours. It changed the path of it carved the path of where exactly you were you were looking to go no pun intended you know uh after going to that so many eyeball jokes yeah i know i know so many so many easy eyeball jokes alley-oops man you're just like throw me the ball i have to dunk it i know i know it's all you but you know it great point that comes out of that story i think that is so so cool um and you, you just, you know, you never know. Even during a pandemic, everyone's inviting people to things online. Mm-hmm. Everyone. You know, if you have an internet connection, you have the the opportunity to go and listen to almost anybody because everyone's giving lectures for free now. Mm-hmm. Go to YouTube, search something that you're slightly interested in, and just, you know, dive into it. Could well, possibly change your life. Well, and even, um, you know, I mean, what, I, what I've been doing as well a lot now with the, uh, with the pandemic is that, you know, since... Uh, you know, things are not what they used to be, you know, I think reading um, ends up being a, a you know, a beautiful way to get some of these perspectives, you know, yeah. and, you know, some of it can be um, listening to, uh, you know, a thoughtful podcast from a thoughtful guy um, and, uh, you know, possibly learning about, um, you know, how uh, how Seth structures his life. I thought um, you were talking about but, Dr. <laughs> Al. I'm so sorry. Um, but, but I think, you know, there there's a lot of extraordinary people that wrote books about how they do things. And, you know, I, um, I, I think I mentioned you, you know, last time that we chatted, uh, you know, probably my favorite book that I read in, in quarantine um, was uh, Ray Dalio's uh, Principles on Life and Work. Um, so Ray Dalio, of course, the uh, you know the, the uh, venture capital hedge fund uh, um, guy who started uh, Bridgewater, uh, who you know I, I think um, is is a little bit of an, an enigma. Um, I, I kind of stay out of some of that stuff, and you know I, I, I read his book, and I, I think his his thoughts um, are are so principled. You know, he's so principled um, that. 
I think it, it allows you to take a dive in to someone else's mind, mm-hmm. right? It's like a, this deep dive into how somebody else does things. And, you know, particularly if it's someone that, you know, did things that you want to do and someone that you respect or someone that, that was able to accomplish things that you were interested in, you know, studying them um, is, uh, I think it is so important, you know, is so important. I, you know, I was always a basketball guy. Um, and, uh, and I still remember like some of these, these videos that I'd watch of, um, you know, Kobe doing some of these shots that they do these side by side images of like him and Jordan. Um, and mm-hmm. it was like the same shot, the same steps, it, like it, and it was like, Oh, like he's, he's doing the same move that Jordan did. Um, and, and I think that, you know, you start to find that a lot of the things that you want to do have actually already been done. Um, and you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to figure this stuff out for your own. There's a lot of people that, that either will directly, you know, reach out and and throw you a bone and we'll, we'll teach you how to do things. Um, or they created a resource for exactly that. And, you know, that was, um, you know, in the introduction, um, Dalio's book, you know, he talks about how, uh, you know, he, he wishes that people, um, you know, other great minds that he respected, the, some of the Bill Gates's and Steve Jobs would, would um, write books about how they did it. And specifically, um, you know, he talks about Steve Jobs thing, you know, I, I wish he would have written a book talking about how he built Apple and really how, how he thought about it, how he, he took that vision, how he was able to create, um, you know, what ended up, you know, now being, uh, I mean, it's just a, a movement really um, mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of changed the world. And, you know, I, I, that, and that's what he talks about. His goal of the book was that, you know, he wanted to be able um, to provide a resource for people that maybe want to learn something um, from, from the, some of the things that he did. Um, and uh, and it, it's awesome. I, I think it's, I would recommend. I, I can't remember if you, you said you read I, it or not. I haven't read mm-hmm. it yet. Um, and, and to your point, like, I'm not a great reader. I read a lot, but I'm not a great reader. Mm-hmm. Um, so it takes me a little while to get through some books and you're, you're right. You know, you, they're the inspiration to what could possibly be in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you take some of the principles that come out of the mindset that comes out of the writer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one, one book in particular, I, I, I recommend it to everybody. It's called, uh, never split the difference by Chris Voss. Okay. And it's not a book you should read. It's a book you should listen to. Okay. Listen to the audio book. It's unreal. He was the head of the CIA, or I'm sorry, he was the head of FBI um, negotiation. Mm-hmm. And he wrote, he, he basically explains his principles on negotiating. Mm-hmm. And there's tone inflection that's involved in it. There's pace that's involved in it. And this is why I'm saying listen to it because he explains these scenarios that he was able to, you know, like hostage negotiations mm-hmm. and um, like infiltration negotiation and then like buying a car, like mm-hmm. something as simple as that. Uh, and it's just when I was listening to it, it like <laughs> it, it spoke to me and all I wanted to do was like try what he was saying. Yeah. So I recently bought a car. Okay. Followed his principles. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. It's exactly like what you're talking about with Kobe mirroring Jordan. Yeah. Like like his steps were obviously like Kobe is unreal and Jordan yeah. are unreal. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I'm talking about buying cars versus being like a Hall of Fame basketball player. Yeah, but, but there's some over there's there's yeah. some undertones. Yeah. 
but it was like, oh my gosh, I am so happy I read this book because now I got like 20% off this car (laughs) that I would have, you know, I would have not done otherwise. Right. You know, and, and it's to, to the whole point, it's like reading, uh, can, can change your life because there are people who have ex- like a, a ton of wisdom, mm-hmm. right? And they've they've written their thoughts on paper or, you know, shared their thoughts through a microphone and recorded it. Mm-hmm. And whether you had like great parenting or, you know, you didn't necessarily have a mentor, you have this wisdom that goes back, you know, thousands of years um, that's, that's available to you through a book or through an audio recording. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it, it, it's a resource that everyone should use. But, oh, I was going to say, go ahead. Yeah, no, no. Well, just to that point, I think the, you know, the other appreciation is just knowing that, you know, no one is good at everything, right? No one is good at everything. So, you know, I think that if you're able to find people and meet them in, in their, their ball game. Right, mm-hmm. you know, in their ball game of, um, you know, how how does this person do this particular thing? So, right, you know, if I want to learn about venture capital, I want to talk to Ray Dalio. You <laughs> yeah. know, that uh, you know, if I want to, if I want to be a great chef, I don't know if I want to talk. I mean, maybe he's a great chef, um, but you know, that you know, maybe there's someone that may be better suited for that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think if you're able to to pursue you know, someone who's really special in this particular sphere and, you know, kind of swim out in the deep end with them, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's, and it's going to be uncomfortable, right? It's going to be uncomfortable when you're hanging out with someone who's really excellent at what they do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I would say, you know, that, that was sort of the experience for me in, in my fellowship where, you know, you finish um, residency and, you know, you have kind of this basic skill set and there's some things that you know how to do. Um, and, you know, you feel like you're able to kind of hang at a particular level. And then, and then you go into fellowship and, you know, the, the people that I trained with um, are incredible. I mean, they're just, they're, they're so good at what they do. Um, and I remember just it, how daunting it was to, you know, go into the OR with them and watching them do some of these things and these, these transplants and just being like, wow, like this is nuts. Like this, <laughs> is, this is, this is so nuts. Like, and you know, I, and I do something and they do something and I'm like, why is it so, why does it look so bad when I do it? But it looks <laughs> so good when you do it. Um, and, uh, and you know, and that, that's a, a humbling experience and that, you know, it's an uncomfortable experience. Um, but if you're willing to go out and swim in the deep end with these people, um, and sort of in, it requires a lot of you being able to kind of check your own, your own ego, your, your thoughts, your dreams. And, you know, I, I really just want to try to learn from this person. It's something that they're really special at. Um, you know, it, it allows you to elevate yourself, um, into that sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and if you're able to, you know, find some of these things, you know, I, I want to learn about car buying and I, you know, take in this, the, you know, the, this car buying approach from this guy. And, uh, and, you know, that's, that, that's something that you were able to kind of pull in from them and something that they were good at. Um, and, uh, and ends up, uh, impacting, uh, you know, the, your results. Yeah. Um, and my finances and your finances, <laughs> right. And, uh, which like it or not end up having to be important. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I always ask people, uh, three questions when they come onto the show. And I think this is a good segue to, to lean into those. Um, the first question for you is who are your mentors and what are your 
favorite or most memorable mentoring moments that you either gave or received? Yeah. Um, well, I can, you know, just for the, uh, we can stay on, um, on task with what we're doing at the moment. Um, you know, a, uh, good, uh, good, good friend of mine and, you know, someone who I would consider a mentor, regardless of how he feels about it, um, is, uh, uh Dr. Alan Selner, um, who, uh, you know, Dr. Al is a little bit of an enigma in, in Manhattan beach. Um, but, uh, you know, so, so Al has done, has done a lot of things and met a lot of people, um, and, and made a lot of his contributions. Um, but along the way, did uh, hosted some infomercial, hosted a show on Lifetime. Um, you know, he he's kind of done this this media sphere, um, and and he has been able to kind of guide me in some sense uh, of some ways that you as a physician are able to make um, make some of your contribution in that in that sphere. And and I think you know having someone who has done it already um, that that believes in you. Uh, it's it, it's crazy the the kind of power that gives you you know it make, makes you feel like you can do it you know it's like if they if they think you can do it then why why would you think that you can't do it um, so you know I, I think in at least in the, some some of this this space us finding ourselves on this this podcast um, you know that that's been a um, you know a big big impact for me uh, it, but almost in the, the, the same sense I still you know I um, it just makes me think of you know this moment that I had with uh, Nick Volpe, who's the uh, the chairman at Northwestern, mm-hmm. um, and and kind of the guy that that I think of um, for for giving me my uh, you know at least for me personally kind of my big break there. Um, you know I remember when I met him as a uh, as a med student we're coming through from Nebraska, um, and you know we had sat down. He like decided to you know take a take a meeting with me. Um, we sat down for maybe thirty minutes and talked. And you know it's this this corner office in Michigan Ave chairman you know harvard train chairman of northwestern um and uh and i'm like oh man like and, and i remember him like you know he's he's a funny guy too um if uh, if you ever get a chance to meet him he, he's just like wow you know you're not in nebraska anymore are you <laughs> <laughs> um and, and i'm like looking around you know you got all the lights everything's all shiny and i'm like yeah yeah man i mean we are we are not in nebraska anymore um and uh you know we got a chance to kind of get to know each other um but i still remember there there was a moment um after a surgical case, my first year of residency, um, that, you know, I was sitting there kind of writing this note. And, uh, um, and I remember <laughs> Dr. Volpe walks up to me and he's just like, Alex, you know, you, you've got what it takes. Um, and, and, you know, I'm like, I'm like, what? <laughs> um, and he's like, you know, junior resident, you know, operating, you know, with the chairman, Northwestern, new guy in town. And he's like, and you were just steady. It's like you were just steady. He's like I would have never known if you if you were nervous, you were anxious. He's like you know I. He's like you you have what it takes. Um, and I still right. This was like I don't know five years ago. You know wow. I still remember it. You know and uh, and and it's it's one of those things that you know it it, it, it you never know you know what moment what sort of uh, um, chance some of the these moments that you share with these people um, can have as an impact on you and and, and in some senses I, I still remember you know from then thinking man all right I mean may I mean if, if he thinks if he thinks I can do it well like who am I who I'm not gonna argue with Nick Wolfie <laughs> um, that uh, I, uh, I I didn't argue with him too much um, from what I remember um, but uh, but you know, I, I think that that, um, that ended up being, you know, a big, big influence for me. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah how about you? 
for me, um, I mean, there's so there, there's a lot of awesome mentoring moments. Uh, I'll, I'll share this one. Um, when I was young, I, and in, it was like my first year in college, I was a server at the Olive Garden and, uh, this is in my hometown, Tucson, Arizona. Um, and where I lived, it was like, you know, 15 miles kind of like away from the actual like downtown city. Mm-hmm. So where anyone would perform, um, there, it, it was far away from that. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm serving and, uh, you know, in walks Steve Harvey and like his crew mm-hmm. and I'm not even serving them, sure. but, uh, as the night goes on, they're, they're like being a little more demanding and, uh, the other server comes over to me and she's like, Hey, can you, can you take these guys? I think that your personality will like really help with everything. Yeah. I was like, sure. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll take Steve Harvey. Why not? So, you know, um, I was just kind of like shooting the shit with them and serving them all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And they ended up staying like two hours past closing time, but like they were, they were like, they're talking to me and mm-hmm. I was like, well, this is a really special moment. I'm not sure I'll ever have someone like, like Steve Harvey walking in the doors like this and taking their time to, you know, talk to me. So I'm just going to sit here. And if my manager says we have to go, then we'll go. But until then I'm not moving. And all in all, he's, he's looking at me. He's like, Seth, let me tell you the two most important things in life. He's like rule. Number one, don't sweat the little things. Rule number two, everything's a little thing. <laughs> and well, like, okay. you know, that, that feeling of just like, oh, like I can breathe. Yeah. Like just went through my body and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like what I needed to hear at that moment in time. Yeah. Uh, and that's always kind of stuck with me. It's like, you know, why not go for it? Huh? Anything that I think of that is too big for me or you know, is out of my reach. I'm, I'm, you know, I could be making that up. Mm-hmm. I, I might be thinking in a way where that's, you know, it's, it's just, you know, it's out of my reach. But then when I go back to that saying like, oh no, that's just, it's a little thing. I'm not going to sweat, you know, how big that is or how big I think that is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for it. Mm-hmm. And that, that was a moment in time where that, you know, kind of like changed my, my way of thinking for going after everything that I've ever went after. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, that's incredible. Well, and it's also, you know, I, I think it's, you know, it ends up being telling when you have some of these experiences that you can remember so vividly, you know, years later, right? It's yeah. like year, years later and, and you remember, you know, so many of, uh, you know, aspects of some of these moments. Um, and, uh, and I, I often kind of wonder, you know, on the day to day, what, what's going to be that moment moving forward, you know, that, uh, you know, is this going to be something that, you know, five years from now, um, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're hanging out somewhere in LA and, and we, we can, we, we think back to this, this moment, right. There's this moment that we were able to share. Is that, is that going to be one of those moments that you remember five years later when, you know, the blur of the, the month and the weeks, but there, there was that, that one moment that you were able to share with someone. Absolutely. All, all the time. And that's why I'm, I'm mostly like, yes, yes to everything that I, that I can, that I can do because you never know, never know when that moment's going to happen. Um, 
I want to get to the second question that I always ask people. Please. And, and we touched on it a little bit, but, you know, what books are you reading mm-hmm. and what books would you recommend to, uh, to others? Um, well, so I, uh, I, I sort of find myself in a little bit of, uh, of a transition at the moment um, where, you know, I, I've, I've sort of been a perpetual student my entire life. So, you know, my, the, the first time that I have not been kind of taking classes or like in, in an educational role has been three months ago, you know, so I'm 30. Um, and, uh, and, and I've gone, you know, I took no time off. I have gone straight through for, for all of my training. Um, and you know, the, being in this new and new situation, I think initially was a little bit uncomfortable because you're always used to having um, this thing that you're striving towards mm-hmm. um, and this new kind of achievement that you're working towards. Um, and, uh, and and I found, um, you know, so I came across a, a book that uh, was actually recommended by a friend of mine um, called The Overachiever's Dilemma. Um, and, you know, it, it's it, it, the overarching idea is kind of one of, of mindfulness and really sort of being present in the moment. Um, and you know the way that he uh, the, the he talks about overachievers, um, and I, I'm not sure if I would put myself in that category. Maybe, um, but you know, just this idea of you know a subset of people that are driven and and they work towards something, um, and then once they achieve this thing that it is that they work towards, they don't have any appreciation for it. You know, there's no there's no moment where you really kind of reflect on like, wow, like I worked so hard to get to this thing. Um, but in actuality, what a lot of people end up feeling is, is you know, on like a shortcoming that, you know, like that in in this achievement, you know, why didn't I achieve more? Why? Um, how can I achieve more regardless of what that goal was? You know, can I can I put a, a, a bigger number on that? Can I, you know, do can I get a bigger house, faster car, whatever. Um, and, you know, working towards the, this kind of climb um, and, and the, the sort of overachievers dilemma is, you know, this idea that, you know, that these achievements aren't what are going to bring you happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that you know, your true happiness is actually right now. That like in this moment, um, and in having sort of that mindfulness that you know it's not I'll be happy when, it's I'll be happy now. I am happy now, and and that there there isn't going to be the, you know there there are things that you you can want to achieve and you can want to strive for, um, and that's fine, and you know and you should, um, but knowing that as that journey goes along, you know, that you, you, some people can spend their entire life waiting for something better to come along. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it just never comes. And then you end up in the situation that the, you know, it, you spent all this time chasing all these things and you never really found fulfillment and, and true sort of satisfaction in, in this journey that you were on. Um, and, uh, and, and I think that the, this book has kind of given me a lot of, um, I, I guess ways that I've gone about um, trying to incorporate some of these things into my life. And, you know, you actually, to, to your point, um, you know, it's one thing to read about something. It's something different to uh, actually put it into, um, into practice. Mm-hmm. And, and as I was reading through this, you know, I didn't want to be one of those guys. So, you know, one of the things that, that um, they, they talk about is having uh, a, a moment on a day-to-day basis where you kind of pull yourself out of, of 
your future, your past, your hopes, um, and and really find something that you're grateful for in this moment. Um, so I actually ended up buying a, a calendar that now sits on my fridge. Um, you know, it's a little dry erase calendar where every day I write something that I'm grateful for today. Um, and you know, there's no rules to it. There, you know, but it's just it, it's something in in this moment that I feel um, makes me excited about today. Not, not about tomorrow, not about, you know, a c- upcoming vacation, new project, whatever, but, but, you know, right now is something that, that, that means something to me and I'm, that I'm excited about. Um, and it's been fun because, you know, as I've been chipping away on this little calendar, then I can look back on, you know, this month and I see all these things that I was grateful for over the course of that last month. And, it, and it's brought me a lot of joy. Um, and, and I think that, that, that this book I, you know, I've recommended to a handful of my friends, um, uh, particularly some, some overachieving ones, um, yeah. to, to help try to find um, some of that, um, that same satisfaction, that same fulfillment. Awesome. Awesome. That's one of the best answers to that question that I've ever received. <laughs> I love that. Um, the last yeah. question. Yeah. How would you recommend some recommend to someone on how to find their extraordinary you gotta find seth <laughs> i think <laughs> that I, easy I, yeah come, I come think, to me i think yeah. you gotta find <laughs> seth what what, what that half joke half not joke actually um and i think part of it is because um you know I, I think you're in a position where, you know, you're meeting a lot of people and you're getting a lot of different influences. Um, and that gives you perspective, you know, it gives you, it gives you a lot of perspective. And I, and I think you're, you're a very, um, introspective guy. And, and I think that, you know, you, I, you know, when we talk about this stuff with, with, with the mics, without the mics, you know, I can tell that you're really, you're a part of things. Um, and, and I think as, as you get all these influences and I think as, as your podcast grows, and as you you continue to do this, um, which I know that you will, it, it you know it's going to give you an opportunity to be that guy that sits down with that waiter at, at Olive Garden one day and be able to provide something for them um, that that ends up maybe changing their life. Yeah. Yeah. I... But um, but also you know I I think it's you know as you chase um, what you want to do um you know i think making sure that you get the right community of people around you um and the right influences and you know i think those things are what are really going to make um make anything possible dude that's that's awesome hey it has been an absolute pleasure thank you absolute pleasure having you on the pod um you know i'm really thankful uh to dr al for introducing us and uh i I, I'm so excited to keep having conversations with you. Like, yeah. I don't know about you, but my mind is just like, I'm, I'm in that like flow zone. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I love talking to people about this and I love talking to people who also care about this, mm-hmm. about these things. So, um, well, thank you, man. I, I'm, I'm very uh, fortunate and very, very grateful. Um, and you made it, you made it on my calendar today. Yes. Um, I am. Uh, I am very grateful for, um, you know, the, uh, the, the time we're able to spend together. Right on. Hey, well, um, you know, how can people find you? Um, so I, uh, so I've got my Instagram account, um, uh, AKA Dr. K. Um, you know, I, uh, it's, it's a little bit of a, a joke, you know, I, my, my last name is Knezovic. It's, uh, you know, I have a, a lot of patients that, um, you know, I introduce myself, you know, hi, I'm Dr. Knezovic and they're like, Dr. What? Um, and I'm like, you know, people call me Dr. K. Um, so it, it's, uh, it's made things a little bit easier to find. Right on. 
Well, hey, uh, audience, if you are interested in getting in touch with Alex, definitely uh, check him out on Instagram. Awesome, awesome guy. Um, reach out to him. And Alex, we will definitely do this again at some point. But uh, thank you again for your time. I love it, man. Definitely. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope I provided some insight and some knowledge that will ultimately help you expand your mind and your life. If you can do me a huge favor and subscribe to my podcast and rate it on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever your favorite streaming platform is, I would sincerely appreciate it. It will help me grow and will help my message get out to the world. So again, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I absolutely look forward to the next time I get to spend some time with you. All right, my friends, stay extraordinary.